When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of many parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, the robots are taking over. Robots are coming for these animals from robotic dinosaurs to terrifying robotic bees. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, can you can you really just herd sheep robots these days? Is that what we're doing? Are we turning birds into robots? Are you a robot? Are you a yeah. robot right now? Joining me yep. today to discuss the singularity is friend of the show, my poisonal friend, director, mm. writer, podcast host for Small Beans and the One Upmanship podcast, Adam Ganser. Welcome. Oh, love love being here. Always a pleasure. Thank you yeah. for inviting me back. Uh, all of your questions are true. Those are the questions. Yeah, Every those are the questions them. we need to yeah. ask. Are you a robot? Uh, it's unconfirmed. Every time I check the box, though, I feel better about it. Can you do the CAPTCHA? Are you good at yeah, doing I can do captures? a CAPTCHA. You can do a CAPTCHA. Can do a captcha. Okay. Yeah, I can, well, I can that's good. If you come upon a tortoise that's on its back, what do you do? Eat it, right? That's the right yeah. answer, right? No, that <laughs> sounds, sounds yeah. human to me. Sounds human. <laughs> <laughs> Check that box for human. Check for humans. So, yeah, we yeah. were talking about actual robots. Like, it's not a metaphor. Just these are robots that people Great. have built to research animals or to do weird things to animals. Um, that sounded more menacing than it actually is, but we'll see. Anyways, 
Uh, the <laughs> or person, or doesn't. Or doesn't. <laughs> or it I isn't. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm I feel like I don't know with all this like AI and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like this this new AI sort of thing just dropped today, where it's like AI videos. It's like. It's both interesting and menacing. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. you would have a unique perspective on this because you are a filmmaker uh, as yeah. well. Like, you're a director. And you understand sort of the artistry that goes into shooting video and making film. And right. so to have just a robot come in and be like, beep, boop, here's your movie, seems, I don't know. It seems like... It's it's it. Well, what do you think, Adam? Like full of despair? Is that the phrase you're looking for? <laughs> Deeply dark and disturbing. No. So like, um, I guess on some level, ultimately, it's good for filmmakers, especially people who are not entrenched in the way things have been. Right. Like the younger you are at filmmaking, this the better this will be for you, because ultimately, AI is still just a tool. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. like AI is such a misnomer for what this is. It's just an extremely sophisticated tool that can do almost all the legwork of creating an image for you. You still have to shape it to make it mean something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Filmmaking is is still the conveyance of human emotion and meaning. AI can't do that. They can create images that are super well resourced and, you know, rendered but not meaningful unless you made it meaningful with the parameters. That's the difference that I don't see AI jumping over that chasm. That's a, you know, because uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that, that, is, that they are conscious or it will become conscious. I do not believe in that. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know. robots would have to learn how to love first, and right. they have not yet. Good luck. I barely know. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think that with any new technology, there's this initial, like, I guess because it's so novel and exciting, right. people use it in sort of cheesy ways. And then right. I think, like, later, the artists, like, learn how to use it in a way that is actually art, right? Like, right. doing, like, Absolutely. having an AI, like, poop out an image for your news station that doesn't really mean it. Like, that's not art. That's B-roll. No. Well, B-roll can be art, but, but you know what it, I'm saying. Like, It's the same misunderstanding. It's the idea that the image is what makes it art. And right. we've already done enough art to know that isn't true. It's, the, you know, like, uh, it's, it's the same reason why I think AI is such a misnomer for what this is. It's the reduction of consciousness to being able to do all these complex processes and say right. that's all that it is. No, it's an, it isn't. It's an automation of process uh, right. rather than like intelligence. I, I think that people, when they think about art, right, like there's sort of this idea that being really good at doing high fidelity stuff, like yes. making a painting that copies reality, do yes. it like, or in film, like having film that looks real, right? Like yes. looks like real life or sound design. And there's also like kind of hyper, like, like realism that becomes tropey where it's like we got to make the film really dark so it looks realistic right and the sh the right. coloring the co the tone and the shading and the lighting has to look real and well, gritty realistic is going I'm putting air quotes up for that cuz that's yeah. you know there's no that's no such thing but we continue, need a please. sound we need a sound for air quotes the air like, quotes woof. yeah woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> like an air dog. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because like everything you're saying is exactly what most of art in the 20th century is rebelling against. Mm -hmm. 
right? Exactly, so like, like the mo- like, like the postmodern. Yes, of. well, and also you know uh, the modernist stuff like Pablo Picasso's work. Yeah. Uh, or Marcel Duchamp's work, right? Yeah, or, exactly. Or even impressionists like Claude Monet. Um, those are guys who were rejecting the idea that that hyperfidelity to reality is the most artistic thing. Right. You know, there's so, nothing like, wrong with it. Like, no, it's hyper, great. It's wonderful. Like, if you do a hyper, if you're a really good painter and you can do a hyper realistic painting, that's a that is a skill. That's an amazing talent. And I'm jealous of it, which is why yeah. I'm talking it down. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, no, I think it's amazing. And I, I, but I think that like when you, it is not just being able to recreate something realistically while it takes a tremendous amount of skill. I think that if you're, if you don't necessarily have like the technical skill to like recreate, say like a perfect human hand, you may still have the creativity to make art, right? Like you don't, it, sure. having a high fidelity thing doesn't isn't necessary for it to be art like and you can learn you can learn technical skills but you can also learn creativity like i don't think creativity is just something you're born with uh some people you can probably develop are. it yes, yes. But you can train it you can learn yes. creativity yes and so yeah like these these tools right like uh so-called ai art it's like well so it's called. a tool so so-called uh yeah. <laughs> it can be used i think creatively I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not seen someone. It's coming. In the, it's... I have not seen AI in the hands of someone truly using it to its full artistic potential, but I would no. like to. I, so, like, uh, I'm, we're looking for Marcel Duchamp here, right? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the kind of figure we're looking for, is a person right. who has a brain for what it is about AI that can be done artistically and haven't, we haven't yes. seen. Yes. Um, yes. I wish I was that guy because, man, I'd be changing the universe right now. Uh, yeah. But I not, I'm not yet that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I ultimately, a lot of the conversation around AI still kind of feels like it's based on movie tropes and the human need to control everything. Uh, yeah. That, you know, and AI is clearly not a thing that's going to be controlled in the same way that a calculator will. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to run, it's going to be... It's going to have consequences that are not, you can't uh, stop them, right? We're not going to be able to yeah. fence in all the things AI will do. And that's scary, but it's not scary like the things we're actually afraid of, like it'll take over and replace your right, job. Like, right, right. Not, not that. Kind of it's, it's kind of a Jurassic Park situation where once you yeah. make a dinosaur, you, you can't uncork that dinosaur bottle. No, you, you, it's, right. it's Pandora's Park. Is what Pandora's it is, you know? Park, exactly. Yeah. Pandora's box. Oh, Velociraptors. Speaking of dinosaurs and oh. AI, we're yeah. talking about a robot dinosaur. This actually has nothing to do with AI. AI is so misused. I was wondering. Uh, yes. This actually has to do with a just a mechanical robot dinosaur used thrilling. to try to answer one of the questions of bird evolution. So one of the questions uh, oh. behind bird evolution is like, we know that dinosaurs developed feathers and wings potentially before they were used for flight. And so why? Why did they have wings? Why did they have feathers? Like, what purposes do they have? We have a lot of theories. These aren't mutually exclusive theories. So, like, one of them is that hollow bone structure, right? Like, with, with the early birds may have had nothing to do with flight, but with thermoregulation or being able to, like, run and, and thermoregulate, uh, like, Feathers could have been for warmth. There could have been a lot of different things for for sexual signaling. 
Um, and so uh, that's the first another, thing. Come on, that's yeah. the first thing, right? To look to look hot, letting everyone know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. You might think humans are uniquely vain, but no, a lot of animals just have a feature just to look hot. That's but right. <laughs> another theory is that wings could have been used to flush out prey, so used in hunting. So, like, basically, oh. there's a bunch of insects or small prey hiding, items hiding in a bush. How do you get them out of that bush? Well, if you flap your wings, right, and it scares them and they startle and they run out of the bush, then you grab them as they're fleeing. That's and, cool. Yeah, and we know this is an actual behavior in modern dinosaurs, which are birds. So right. birds are... Uh, the modern form of dinosaurs. They're the only like survivors of sort of the, the dinosaur times. And <laughs> which you can tell I'm really good with the timeline when I'm calling it the dinosaur times. <laughs> the time of the dinosaur. I don't yeah. know my Jurassic from my Cretaceous. Uh, but anyways, uh, so the these birds do, in fact, use this flushing technique. So anything okay. from like the greater red... Greater Roadrunner in California will do this to flush out its prey uh, to the Australian Willy Wagtail, which just sounds made up. Doesn't yeah, sound right. like a real bird, but it it's is. It's a cartoon creature. Okay. That's like, that's like uh, what's his name? Woody Woodpecker's uh, rival, Willy Wagtail. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Now I have a Saturday. You just gave me a Saturday finding all that and seeing it. Woody wow. the Woodpecker you haven't heard of? I know what he would woodpecker. Okay. I, d did he really have a rival? Because that's no. insane. Oh, no, oh, I'm oh, making oh. it. It's just <laughs> that there is a real. It's just that there's a real bird called Willy yeah, Wagtail, yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah, imagining yeah, yeah. in the greater Woody Woodpecker cinematic universe that he has a rival named yes. Willy Wagtail. God, I want to see that universe. Boy, well, can, can get on it, it, Marvel. We can <laughs> make it, it with AI. Can't we? It'll look great. It won't type be it uncanny in. at all. Um, type in. Uh, uh, Woody Woodpecker fighting Willy Wagtail. Um, universe. Nude, <laughs> <laughs> nude universe. Nude See what universe. It says. Yep. See what it does. Okay, so yeah, and, and so yes, we know this ex behavior exists in modern birds. So could it have existed in dinosaurs? Well, a team of engineers and biological scientists were like, "This is a great excuse to build a robot." And so in Seoul, <laughs> South Korea, they did just that. Sure. Why? <laughs> Why do we need a robot for that? I still because, don't know. Because, number one, it's really cool. Why not? Cool. Yeah, it's number one, really why not? It's really cool. Yeah. Why are you even asking that we're building a dinosaur robot? But number two, to see if they can recreate the anatomy of a known dinosaur that was a bird-like dinosaur that had wings, that didn't fly, and if they could use that robot dinosaur to scare grasshoppers. Then they'd know they were right. Then they'd know that they're right. It's like, is this robot scary to grasshoppers? Check. So, by the way, I'm looking at it. It's scary to everything. I don't know what they're proving with this I... thing. <laughs> it's insane. It looks like a harbinger of doom. Like, I, I... think it's cute. I think okay. It's... <laughs> got a bit of a gothic Wally kind of sensibility. It's like dark. It's got like wheels for legs. <laughs> yeah. It looks well, like look, nightmarish. Adam, do you just have buckets of money to create realistic dinosaur bird legs <laughs> You're right. that are robotic? Who am I to question the fidelity of this, this <laughs> task? I still don't even think you've given one legit reason to do it, but that's fine. Right. You no, know? so 
So listen, the researchers created ro- robot. Jesus, this is a hard one. Robopteryx. Yeah, yeah Robopteryx. Uh, Robopteryx. A robot meant to mimic the anatomy of uh, Caudipteryx, which is a dinosaur that roamed Asia over 125 million years ago during the early Cretaceous period. It was a flightless, bipedal, bird-like dinosaur with feathers, wings, and a fan-like tail. It was about the size of a turkey. So there's this thing now that is a robot version of this, but with wheels. Now, the original Caudipteryx did not have wheels. It had like... Ah. Mm. (laughs) So, Mm. little problem. No. Little note. (laughs) Might Um, change the results of the experiment. (laughs) Peer review note. Why wheels? Uh, So, they experimented with different wing colorations, sort of uh, wing movements. uh, And if you watch a video of it, it looks pretty cool, man. Like, the wing movements look... I don't know. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I buy it. Uh, um, they're they're also very funny. Like no is. no robot has ever yet escaped being funny from my opinion. Like from my mm. vantage point, honestly. Like like you know I'm talking about real robots, not the ones that are in movies that are you know right, not, right, right. they don't have to really be robots. This one has to really be a robot, and it's yeah. still funny. Look at it. It's uh, I mean you can't because it's a podcast, but man, listen to, if you're listening to the podcast. Just look at it. It's very. It'll funny. be in the show notes. I will link okay, uh, to the video in the show notes. I do look at it. There is a New York Times article about it. If you yeah. look for robotic wing dinosaur, New York Times, you'll find it. But I'll also link to it in the show notes. It's really funny. And so they did indeed find that when the Robopteryx, ugh, that's a word yeah, that doesn't come it. out of the mouth good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fix it, scientists. <laughs> fix it. Come on, man. Um, it, uh, yes, when the grasshoppers are faced with this robot dinosaur and it flaps its wings, the grasshoppers get scared and hop slash fly away. Um, so interestingly, this was only tested on like 30 grasshoppers. I don't know why they didn't just make it like a hundred grasshoppers, uh, increase those, that significance fellas, but like, um. I guess it's hard to find grasshoppers to sign up for an experiment where they get scared by a robot dinosaur. I don't know. Do it on more grasshoppers is what I'm saying. Yeah. Literally everything about this sounds like a scam. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing about this sounds like any real science was done. It really sounds like a dude wanted Grant money to build an awesome dinosaur. Made I mean, up some bullshit. None of this is real. <laughs> I sorry. think that wanting to build a cool robot is a huge part of this. And oh, I think yeah. that like, I think they knew that if they're like, we built a robot dinosaur, they would get a ton of press attention. They would sure. get the funding. Sure. This is, this is like, this is a honeypot for uh, funders. <laughs> like, like, ugh, looking at like T cell receptors in mice, boring. Ooh, a robot dinosaur. <laughs> you signed me up, sir. Hello. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a sexy idea for a project. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, and I'm not impugning you at all. It just doesn't sound <laughs> very scientific to me, man. It really doesn't. Well, like, look, I I don't bring up these studies to say, look how good and right? perfect this study right? is. I bring it up because it is really funny. So yes. I I think that skepticism. <laughs> I think that skepticism is healthy, and I'll. I'll yeah. I mean, honestly, like, and we'll talk more about these, like, because I'm, I'm not like 
I have not fully embraced the uh, research robustness of this robot dinosaur. I think it's very cool. Like, I think oh, it yeah. is awesome that they it built awesome. this thing. It's adorable. It's really cool. I do not believe this is conclusive proof that bird-like no. dinosaurs use this flapping technique to flush out prey. I think it shows that it's possible that sure. maybe they did. I, it, I feel yeah. like the existence of birds doing it proves it's possible. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing yes. is, like, we already have enough to... I don't think we've advanced any information from this robot doing it. It seems you know? a little superfluous, doesn't it? Yes. If a bird <laughs> does it and they ha and they use wings and their theory is, what if it was yes. just like birds do it? Then you built a thing that does yes. it, kind of, and test it on, like... Six grasshoppers. What have you proved, man? It is thirty know. grasshoppers. To 30, be fair, forgive me. We will 30. discuss another. Uh, we will discuss another one where it's like six bees that they <laughs> tested. <laughs> this is. I'm. I'm. I'm in love with this topic. Wow, yeah. you've really done it today, Katie. This is really so. Good for me. This is, but like the reason I I bring up like sample size and stuff is like whenever you read a cool article about a study, they usually do link you to the actual research paper sure, and of there's jump on down to the methods section because that is always wild like okay i i you don't necessarily have to like have be able to understand statistical methodology or anything too complex but sometimes when you go to the method section in a research paper you will find some interesting buried bodies in there that are really <laughs> funny I bet. Um, or sometimes like the research can be really good and it's just really funny. Like I, I once read a paper where like the in the this was not mentioned, right, like in like the article about it. But it was like they did. a They just created like a bunch of different images of like uh, human and primate butts. And that's just fant it's wonderful. It's wonderful what people. Yeah, that's try helpful to do for all of us. We can all use right, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, who doesn't need it. And like so. uh Basically, what I'm saying is I would I think that there's interesting applications of this robot. I certainly prefer this to like using robots for like police dogs. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I yeah. think this is much cooler, much more pro-social than using robots to like spy on us. Um I would love to see all the packages that are being delivered by robots done by this thing. You know, it oh, spreads it spreads its so wings. Cute. Packages oh. here. <laughs> you know, like here it is. Uh, that'd Here's, be pretty great. I have delivered your lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, then it bows to you. A sort of a samurai-ish <laughs> bow, flaps its wings and takes off. That's all you want. Away. Yeah. Away. Just away. Rolls away. <laughs> away. Rah! Just rolls away on its uh, slowly. Wheels. Yeah. So uh, you know. Phase one of the Codipterus, I would say it's not there yet. It's not, not there, there yet. yet. Not quite. Um, but I think with more funding, uh, we could make a real uh, interesting thing here. Let, let's keep let's keep spending money on it. I one hundred percent. This is not a finished product. Who knows the limitations for this? The sky yeah. is the limit. Uh, how far can these wings soar? We all agree. I just want to add, based on a light dusting of googling. I do think this robot operated on AI. Oh, really? Interesting. Yes, it's. I mean, I I, I can't quite get to the article, but like the headline here, Robo Robotrix, an AI-based system, is demonstrating. Skeptical. The, 
Yeah, me I'm too. Skeptical, but maybe so, that's maybe that justifies what this I robot's think, doing, right? I think it may be operate like it might not so much be AI, but on wing physics modeling that sure. is used to okay. to me, which isn't AI, but I I mean, what is AI? You know, I mean, who am I to say? We could spend another ten on that easy. <laughs> <laughs> like we could spend all day on it. Uh, and have contributed literally nothing to the conversation. Right. No, I think I think it. I think uh, I think what it used was um, like models of bird wing flapping physics slash behavior to guide the bird wing motion. Sure. But sure. I don't. I don't know if I would call that AI. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not some dude with a crank on the back doing this, <laughs> cranking the cranks of the wings flap. Yeah, yeah I get it. It's got to be a little bit. Uh, yeah, autonomous. I, I think that, like, using sort of re- the thing that's exciting about this to me is that recreating an extinct animal and yeah. then testing some of its behaviors in real world situations uh, is really cool. That's cool. I think Absolutely. that is that could teach us things um, about extinct animals, uh, and it could also. It's also like. Even animals that are not extinct, but figuring out, out how to create sort of like robot versions of animals to do sort of like certain tests on can could be really interesting. Totally. Uh, we're going to talk, talk about some more of those. First, we're going to take a quick break um, while I ask uh, Adam some questions that only the real human Adam would know. Mm, don't get, yeah. Look out, turtles. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag-A-Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So Adam, what sounds more refreshing to you, a glass of water or a glass of motor oil for robots? Mm, I know the correct answer. Uh, (laughs) It's water, right? Good, (laughs) yes. Human. 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 Checkbox. Checkbox for human. So we're going to talk about robot bees. Um, Great. This study is so funny. And look, I I love it. And I think it's very... When I make critiques of the study, I'm not saying the researchers are bad or that we should dismiss it. But I even they acknowledge that this is like kind of a prototype. Okay. And so keep that in mind. Sure. Keep that in mind. I think so we're gonna... all robot animals can be called a prototype at this point. I don't yeah. think. Have you seen yeah. the have you seen that that um spy in the wild nature show? No. It's like a it it's okay. So it's it's incredible. Uh we're not really talking about that kind of robot today, okay. but like okay. it's where they created sort of realistic ish looking uh robots to put amongst the animals and then they put a camera in the robot to like capture the animals and the here's what's funny about that show is that the the premise is that look we can get a camera inside these robots and observe behavior that we wouldn't be able to observe otherwise because infiltrating right like you have a robot langur or a robot wolf or whatever or robot uh, fish and so we can observe these behaviors that otherwise the animals would be too shy to do in front of the human and I swear, like 80% to 90% of the footage in that show is by another camera. So, like, yeah. a, a camera taking video of, like, the robot camera and the animals interacting with the robot. So it's like, is that really about the camera? Of is course. It? I mean, there's there's some footage from, like, the robot. Yes, they do include that. It's usually not as good as the human footage. Well, right, because uh, you don't want to be a pack animal in the pack, that's not fun to watch. You want to see what right. the pack does from the outside, which yes. you know, that's just a pure filmmaking thing. Right. Uh, yeah. I gotta say, just I want to. I think I want to plant my flag on this uh, point. Like, just it's a philosophical thing. I am in favor of scientists doing awesome things for its own sake. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I'm not sure how much scientific value there was on landing on the moon, but hey, man, we did it. You know what I mean? That's cool, right? I think yes. I think there is a certain amount of utility in cool science things yeah. that inspire people. And it's almost, it's like art in a way, right? right. Where it's right. like, what's the point of doing art? Like there's no necessarily purely practical thing. It's just enriching. And so sometimes just like, why do we need to figure out be communication using a robot? We don't really need to, but it's cool. Yeah. And it's But fun. look at that fucking bee, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking about we're talking about robot bees. Um, there is some research that uses robot bees to infiltrate a hive uh, to learn the art of bee dance. Now, Adam, do you know sort of the general gist about bee dancing? Yeah, uh, as I understand it, it uh, is part of their bee mating ritual. Uh, no, like they go to bee clubs, you know, no. after they've worked. <laughs> 
at hard B B nine to five jobs and cut loose a little bit. <laughs> Am I right about this? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, sadly, no. I mean, you, you would be right. That kind of guess would be right for like so many animals when you're but like, why bees. does this animal dance? But not bees. Bees mm. dance um, mainly to locate food. So a bee oh. will. So most of these are sisters, right? These are bees in a hive and they're mostly worker bees. And so they're mostly sisters. And so they will uh, wiggle their their uh, abdomen to uh, indicate uh, where a food source is, basically where there are some flowers or nectar that can be found. And the other bees watch them, and then they go and they find this food source. Now, this is like an established thing. This is not what they're researching, but that bees use uh, the language of dance to communicate where uh, there is food. As, do, as so, do I. So, <laughs> just like you gyrate in the direction of the McDonald's. Yes, it's this way. It's this way. You can't see it, but it was glorious what I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the they the, basically these bees are like the sign spinners. I've I have not seen a sp sign spinner in a hot minute. Is that not mm, a job anymore? I, I I think they're gone. I mean, I think, I think I have, there's no stores, man. There's COVID, no st COVID destroyed stores. What do I need there's a sign no more for? More retail. It? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why like people are asking demeaning things of their Amazon delivery people. Like, could you do a cool dance for me? It's like <laughs> I I have to pee in a water bottle, but okay. Um. So I already did yeah. one for Jeff this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so uh, essentially yes, bees waggle uh, their bodies in a dance to communicate. So there is, of course, interest in decoding this language of dance. Uh, but how do you uh, decode uh, bee dance and have a bee co-conspirator who does just certain types of dances? And sort of a in an experimental setting, well, you can't just like you know, kind of convince a bee to do your research. So you need a robot bee, a highly sophisticated, extremely detailed, cleverly disguised robot. So, um, Adam, here it is. Oh my God, wait. I can't even wait. I, this is a thrilling moment. This is a, whatever this turns out to be. Where it's taking us is going to be awful, like, you know. Okay, what I, mean? I, I I sent it to you in in the in the chat. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> what? Yeah, that so thing's it's, wild. So it's not really, you know, it's a prototype. It is a plastic, like kind of looks like a plastic pill. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. like a piece of square plastic on it, which is like the wing. Yeah. Attachment. And then a huge metal rod, which is like a mechanical shaft that is used to like control the bee. Um, it's not really fooling me. No, uh, <laughs> it doesn't do it for me. I'm surprised any no. bees taking it seriously. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's the equivalent of like, I don't know, if you're a robot sort of painting your metal chassis like sort of a beige color and then shuffling in to a supermarket and being like, hello, I am one of you. And you're just angular. And do you have coupons being yeah. <laughs> covered in wires? <laughs> I have heard that you trade coupons for sustenance. Um, yeah. So this bee, maybe not the most convincing thing. Um, but yes, this is uh, the handiwork of uh a robotist is named Tim 
Tim Landgraf at the University of Berlin and his team. Um, before you mock, remember, bees are dumb. Maybe they'll just uh, sure enough be fooled by this sure. little, little fake bee. Um, so, yeah, what they did was they, they uh, did actually kind of an interesting, like, I mean, some would potentially call this AI incorrectly, in my opinion. Uh, it is okay. where they use like a a model uh, to uh, basically like modeled on actual bee dances and then programmed the robot bee with these like bee dances that were done with sort of a, um, you know, like uh, sort of uh, this this more or less complex uh, like learning model uh, and then. It does a dance, and then sometimes the bees pay attention to it. Sometimes they don't. Uh, about six bees were the ones that ended up paying attention to this bee dancing. And they were and drunk. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's this guy? Wow, look at this sexy He's cool. bee over here. Yeah. That's cool. That guy's cool. I think think she's one of us, girls. Um, (laughs) And so they then would, like, if a bee was seen to be, like, paying attention to the robot bee and, like, tracking the bee dance, uh, when it flew off, it was snatched and a a, a radio antenna was attached to it. Oh, my God. Just a normal day for the bee. Like, (laughs) right. That. Is that a robot? I'm getting out of here. It's like, oh, my God. Right. You had a big antenna on my head now. Normal times. This is the worst roofing ever for a bee. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like They get into this dance. They're like, okay, cool. Let's go back to your place. Nope. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, take any show where, like, people are replaced by robots, but it's just, like, a huge antenna on your head. It's like, uh, something (laughs) different about you, Susan? I don't know what you are talking about. No. I Um, remain equivalent to before. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but these bees these bees aren't turned into robots. They're just uh they're just tracked with these radio <laughs> antenna. And then uh essentially the idea is that this robot bee is trying to communicate to them a new source of food. So if they go and they find this new location where they previously would not expect to find food, but then, you know, they go after watching this bee dance, it would be proof of concept that you can teach bees where to find food with a robotic bee dance. And, you know, they seem to find it in maybe six bees. Um, so, yeah, here's here's the issue. Here's the issue? Bro, <laughs> I've seen nothing but issues with this. This so y- You have to look at this thing a long time to think it looks like a bee. Like, it takes you a really long time to figure out, is it a bee? How is it a bee? You know? Imagine if your brain was the size of a bee's brain, though, right? Like, I guess how that would feel. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, um, one of the issues, of course, is the very small sample size of six bees. Right, of course. Also, it doesn't seem like they were able to compare that behavior to a really large, like, control group. Like, they did try to have a control group, but that also seemed like to be only a couple of bees or a handful of bees, which I feel like robust research demands more than a handful of bees. You need more bees. Yeah, more bees. We, more 100%, bees. 100%, 100% Look, more bees. As someone who's not a roboticist um, or sort of a professional in any sense, uh, in any field, um, more bees. 
I would more say bees. Right. at least 80% more bees. Agreed. You're going to need more bees. Uh, repeat the study. Get more <laughs> funding for your cool robot bee. Make it better because and more guys make it better and more. like more more of a bee. Make yeah. it more, more of a bee. Of a bee. Like, Thank you. <laughs> it's it's not giving bee to me now. They they uh they admit to this in their in their uh, paper that like this is a prototype. We think that with higher fidelity, more bees might pay attention. So <laughs> you <come> think <laughs> fun? Yeah, fund this research. Get the bee, the robot bee, more realistic. I want more passion, more movement, right. more energy from this bee and do it on more bees. Like I'm going to yeah. need this. I'm going to need at least a control group of like at least 50 bees, a test group of at least 50 bees. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are minimums. More bees. That's, that's, minimums. that's minimum in my writer to care about this. A hundred percent. Right. This bee feels like that Steve Buscemi meme where he's like dressed like a child at a high school. And he's like, hello, right. fellow kids. That's, hello, that's what fellow the, bees. That's what this yes. is. Uh, it, if, yeah. You ever watched Air Bud? Katie, ever watched? I know the concept of it that it's a dog who joins a basketball team because the rules do not apply specifically. (laughs) Say the rules don't specifically say you can't be a dog in basketball. That's right. They don't. That's correct. They don't. So what I my understanding about Airbud is Airbud is what you might call a conglomeration of fifteen different dogs or like twenty different dogs, all of whom are good at one thing. Right, this dog's good at sitting. This dog's good at high fiving. In terms of the film, you're talking about the filmmaking. Yes, the movie and the is not about a hyper dog That's made correct. out of mini dogs. Although that would be cool. That would be better than what they did. Like a, no instead doubt. of a Clifford, where it's like one big dog, biological dog. <laughs> Let's it's tape them like all together. <laughs> Twenty dogs that like stand on each other and yeah. sort of inc- form a giant dog, and then they can split off and do yeah. their own dog. Like thing. a school of but dogs. Yeah, I totally. A school agree. of dogs. Yeah. Uh, oh, a school of golden retriever. Can Can you imagine just like lying down and having a stampede of dogs run over you? That would be cute and terrifying. Anyways, the point being, uh, I think that this bee <laughs> experiment is kind of the airbud of experiments in that. They just kind of need to make a bee that does more stuff. Like the one, the one yeah. thing this bee does isn't very good. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. it would work better if they had a bee that also was good at, you know, making honey or whatever. Maybe they would trust the bee more <laughs> if it did more stuff. That's the point. Tells good bee jokes. Yeah, right. It's just, you know, a, a, a social bee, you know, like just better at stuff. Guess what I'm cooking for dinner tonight, girls? Polenta. <laughs> High fives with one appendage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe. I think uh honestly, like I would be satisfied with just more bees yeah, me too. being studied. Like six six bees doesn't do it for me with a small control group because like could the bees not have found the food uh by chance, right? Like or by some other means of finding this food. Yeah. I think that it's a very like I think it's a good start. Like um I think it's a a really strong like first proof of concept. And sure. I'm, I, what I'm saying is this is a great proof of concept. Give me more. Yeah. I want more of this robot bee. I want to see it you know go th- like I want DARPA to fund this. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, make yeah. up some war purpose. Say like this bee can be used to kill people Well overseas. that's the thing. And that's the, the thing about robot bees, man. <laughs> you just you just pointed it out. That's where it inevitably ends. Is that you know you use right. them for attacks, 
Right. But then, you know, this is okay. So we all know that the military will fund things. Sure. Uh, that. Right, sure. Like and, and DARPA and stuff. The coolest robots are the ones where it's like, could this be used to hurt people? Right. And so what what I would like to see is like the, the cool studies that are like harmless about like, hey, we want to teach a robot bee how to dance and communicate to other bees because that is really cool. Um, but just tell DARPA that this bee will be deadly. Don't actually make it deadly. Right. Um, just be like, we're working on it. First, we've got to understand, we've got to, tr- basically, we will teach these bees war. And through the robot <laughs> through bee, dance. the robot bee will teach them war through dance. Yeah. You know that won't happen, but DARPA, DARPA doesn't, doesn't know. DARPA doesn't about bees. No, yeah. exactly. Just give you free Just free tell money. them. Yeah. Just make stuff up about bees. Right. Make like Be like, bees could be trained to be military soldiers. Right. They won't check. Yeah. They're not checking that stuff. The only thing they know is that you can get six bees to do literally anything. So that's not a plan. Right. That's nothing. Look, you know? I mean, well, it's not nothing. It's six, it's six bees, it's, Adam. Look, I can get six bees <laughs> six whole to bees. agree to any opinion on like 8chan, man. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could get six bees <laughs> to do literally anything, you know? Like that's not a like, conclusive amount of bees for anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a bee quorum. Right. Exactly. It's more like a bee supreme court. Right. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. How many bees? We should increase the number of bees on the supreme court. Yeah. To at least 13. 12 bees. At least 13, I think. 13 Yeah, a baker's bees. dozen of bees. Yeah. A baker's dozen plus one yeah. bee. To break the tie. Right. Break the bee tie. More bees. Yeah. More bees, please. Yep. Um. All right. So <laughs> armchair... armchair uh, uh, robotic bee experts here way they could ask more bees they could have asked us they could have asked they could have asked we wouldn't have had to we wouldn't this. have had to do this if they'd asked you know so i i if it were me funding this study i would say i'd fund it just make it more bees just, <laughs> i love how many times you've said it now it's exactly I, the, that was the last it's one exactly the amount of times that was needed for them to get it <laughs> Right. I don't know how many times I have to say it. I won't say it again. So we're going to we're going to take a quick break. Um, When we get back, we're going to talk about the frightening dystopia of using robots to do uh, sheepdogs work and then also play a little game. Great. Love games. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. 
Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Adam, robots are coming for the jobs of hardworking American dogs. Yeah, I mean, you had to know it. Dog, dog should have yeah. seen that coming. Dog should have seen that yeah. coming, just like Airbud. Yep. <laughs> just uh, like, like one of the dogs from Airbud did. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, just one of them did. Just like how they're trying to replace Airbud with AI. One of the one of the AI, a lot of the AI videos actually that I saw were like animals doing mm. stuff. There was one with like golden retriever puppies playing in the snow. And like part of me is like, this is cute. And then there's like there are things that are still kind of off in the videos. Of like maybe a puppy's leg will appear out of nowhere. Right. Or, like, a puppy will sort of, like, just ooze out of another puppy. And so, but it's, very, it's like, subtle enough that my brain isn't fast enough to catch up to, like, what exactly is the problem. It's just, like, I feel icky. These puppies are making me feel bad inside. Usually they make me feel warm, but they're making me feel kind of bad yeah, and the, icky inside. And then your you brain knows. replay the footage. Yeah. Right, you replay the footage and you realize like one of the puppies has like a sixth leg that just kind of spoinked out of its chest. <laughs> That's um, always a problem. Uh, I'm like, worried. Yeah. I'm worried that one day AI is going to get good at this so that that doesn't happen anymore, and then you'll like the cumulative effect of it will be that we just stop enjoying dog videos like that, right? Where it's like because I kind of feel like part of the appeal of a dog video is seeing knowing a dog did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If like yeah. AI did it, it's like, well, no. Right. Why do I care about like, that? You know, right? Like if it's like if my dog farts, that's right. hilarious and sure. cute. If it's like a robot going like, "I am about to fart," <laughs> right. fart noise. Right. It's not funny. Not really, it's not cute. Not really. It's just disgusting. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I think also there's a possibility that it goes into the snack food sort mm. of uh, route, which is hyper like. Uh, hyper optimizing AI puppies to be as like lab tested cute as possible to sort of strike the cuteness thing. Sort of like, you know, right. it's like how like snack food, like Cheetos and stuff, they they like test them over and over until they reach like a maximum flavor point and like melt in your mouth. So like people just eat it and they don't even know they're eating it. It just happens. I think there might be the same thing with AI-generated puppies where they're optimized to be as cute as possible. And then when you look at a real pup, you're like, that you're That thing's trash. Ugly. You're a trash dog. That's yeah. trash. Give me the AI puppies. I hope that's not true. I hope. I me think too. I'm probably wrong. 
but I kind of hope that uh, the effect of that will be sort of like that movie Alita Battle Angel. You've seen that movie where, like, they tried that's the one with the like Bratz doll yeah, yeah. is a, is yeah, a fight, yeah, yeah, fight yeah, yeah, robot. Yeah. I kind of feel like ultimately we end up sort of making weird monster things when we try to maximize cuteness, you know what I mean? Like, I might be wrong about that, but I kind of, I kind of feel like I'm not though, like, you know what I mean? Like, where it's actually off putting when you get closer to a consensus, yeah. I don't know. There are specific things in human psychology that give me hope, like the fact that there there's this phenomenon where people, when they watch like sports, they don't really like to watch uh, like th- they like to watch it live right. when other people are right. watching. It literally has no like and even before like mass social media, this was the case. It's like it does not have an effect. Right. Like if you watch it live versus you tape it and then watch it later, like there is actually an effect in terms of how you feel about yep. it, even though it's the same thing. It's the same experience, but people really like feeling like they're watching it with the rest of the right. world. Um, like there is a there there is a feeling of like, I want the puppy that I'm looking into its deep brown eyes to actually be a feeling thinking creature. I think this is why like robotic pets never took off. Remember like there was a whole thing about like robot puppies and robotic pets and they never really that did not become a big thing because i think people one of the things people like about pets is that this is a sentient creature it's not just a soft mindless like lump of warm fur that i can pet it actually has a brain and when i pet it it is happy when i give it a treat it is happy you can't get the same thing out of a robot or an ai and so i think people really need that so i don't think real puppies are going anywhere we're not getting rid of puppies yet puppies are keeping their job we're keeping them safe i think that's a safe stance for this podcast yeah Yeah. it's a hot take uh but they we might get rid of um herding dogs uh well probably not but like uh, like breed them out breed them out you think well no i don't think so i'm i'm kind of joking i i think that a lot of dog breeds just we will keep because I think that we like in terms of like sheep herding, even though that might not be used in a commercial sense anymore. I think that there will still be like basically done as like a hobby or sure. like, keep the traditional like alive. Babe, like um, movie Babe, like like the movie Babe. Yeah. Um, exactly. Like there will there will always be yes. a Babe. Uh, yes, there will always be a pig <laughs> proven his worth. So uh, <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, but yeah, researchers um, are looking into like using robots to herd animals, uh, sometimes in farm settings, like those horrifying robot dogs being used to herd animals, uh, uh, which is, you know, man, what a metaphor. Am I right? I mean, it's funny because I'm thinking about this right now as you're saying it and realizing, well, I mean, dogs are essentially we've essentially trained dogs to do this anyway. So it's like hard for me to get mm-hmm. super up in arms for the dog's job. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Cause like, I don't, I mean, this may be my ignorance, but dogs weren't hurting sheep before human beings trained them to do it. Were they? No, it, it actually, they had to be trained out of actually like attacking. The sheep, right, right. Of course. Like it is a predatory behavior that's been pulled back. So they don't actually attack the sheep, but they go after them and then they, pay attention to the human. 
I mean, I think that like in terms of dog and human happiness, I think working together with dogs can be deeply enriching and something like herding, as long as it's in a farm that is well run and stuff, I, I think that can be, you know, enjoyable sure. for both the human and sure. the dog. Um, but, you know, there are certain situations where it might be dangerous for a dog and I would not have a problem with a robot being yeah. sent in. And like a situation where like, like, especially with say like maybe like a bomb sniffing dog or something. That's like, the perfect, I put a dog perfect in use for robot instead of dog. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so like, um, I, I don't, I don't like the use of dogs in sort of combat situations. Sure. So, uh, but like, I also don't like combat situations in general. Fair Anyways. enough. <laughs> hot, yeah, hot fair enough. We're keeping uh, puppies alive. But like, <laughs> keeping puppies, I don't want to go to war with yeah. puppies. <laughs> can we, That's just my can we opinion, stop though. the war on puppies? Can we just stop it? I mean, y'all aren't ready to hear this, but can we, can we stop, stop the war, the war on, on puppies? God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's also something called bio-herding where you're like actually herding animals that are wild animals, not in farms. Mm. To like maintain sort of like either the safety of the animals or like safely kind of try to separate human activity and animal activity. Like say like you maybe use a drone to herd birds away from like uh, a wind farm or uh, or airports, right? To prevent them from getting sucked into a wind turbine or colliding with a plane. Uh, so like having a drone doing this might actually be like useful because, hey, you know. You're telling the bird, like, get away from this airport. This airplane wants to eat sure. you. Sure. Sure. I see that. That makes yeah. sense. There's also been research uh, where they've used uh, drones essentially to herd birds, but it was <laughs> a robotic falcon. So a sounds a, awesome. A, an aerial <laughs> a drone shaped like a falcon. <laughs> Which I know there's this I know there's this internet joke of like the bird birds aren't real kind of right, joke, right, right, like right. uh where you know it's the whole thing. But like, you know, we know birds are real, but this one specifically is not. Uh it's it's a robotic falcon. Uh and researchers at the University of Groningen, I don't that's not a word I can say good, and the University of London found that uh, they could use this robot falcon to trigger a fear response in pigeons. Of course. Stop. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously you're going to scare these. With but this is actually... Another thing that didn't need to be proved. Did we, did right. we need to now, prove that? To be fair, to be fair, they are looking at something deeper than this. Oh, this is course. actually... I, I yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. This is, I think, my... In terms of methodology, I think uh, one of my... Uh, I, I like this study. I think it, it's other than scaring, being mean to pigeons, which I don't like. Uh, it is. Um, it seems pretty interesting. So they found that when they would scare the pigeons with the falcon, what they were specifically looking at was flocking behavior in these pigeons to see if they would like. There's this idea of selfish flocking, where if like your the safest position of in a flock would be like in sure. the middle, right? Like where you're protected, protect right. yourself. Um, and so the idea would be like maybe there's some like flocks of birds where there are permutations of these birds because individuals keep trying to get in the middle, right? And so it's like a sort of this effect of like everyone's trying to shove their way into the middle. Um, but they looked at this in these homing pigeons and they did not find this. So they found that the pigeons uh, flocking behavior was, you know, they were not trying to vie for this center position that they were, they did in fact run away from or 
not run away, fly away from the the Falcon bot, but that they were not trying to like shove their way into the middle. They seem to be just kind of like following each other and go getting trying to get away from the Falcons. So, you know, <laughs> the homing pigeons are nice, I guess. Uh, it's not really about being nice. It's about like probably this system of not trying to scoot your way into the middle actually creates a more stable, safer situation for all the pigeons. Mm. Um, but mm. still, kind of wish they'd you know. do that on airlines, so we didn't have all this, uh, you know, economy <laughs> plus and first class and like all this class warfare. <laughs> Just get a robot falcon to scare well, us I... into our seats, you know. <laughs> That'd be way better. <laughs> planes are not so this the the like seating on planes are usually done to try to incentivize people of to course. buy uh, more expensive right. tickets because if you want the most efficient seating you would seat like from back right, to front obviously. obviously you don't seat from front nope. to back back um but you know they got it they got to like have you be sort of like walk of shame past everyone in their cozy business class as you you know like seats getting smaller seats getting smaller <laughs> yes it is uh i could do an hour <laughs> on that katie i just went on four flights yeah. last week and it uh it was a hellscape yeah, yeah it was a hellscape anyway but we, we're here to talk about Robot Falcons, as I understand it. <laughs> Airlines. Am I, am I right? right? Or am I right? These? Adam, you may be, you may be, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I find flying on an aeroplane yeah. sometimes uncomfortable and yeah, demeaning. A bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, no, I mean, that's it. The They scared these birds with the Robot uh, Falcon, and the birds, uh, these homing pigeons, we're like, hey, we're scared, but we're going to keep <laughs> our cool and work as a unit. But we're going to try I'm sharing again. With you, <laughs> I'm sharing with you an image of like these these robots used in these situations, which oh. just seems kind of dystopian. It looks like a cyberpunk yes, kind of thing for these animals. Well, yeah. This is wild. These things yeah. look insane. Uh, like they're completely Orwellian, right? Mm-hmm. Like the... F- it is, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I know that animals don't rely on sight in the same way that we do, or not all of them do. Some yeah, of not them all do. of them do. Yeah. Uh, depends. It just seems tough to me to draw the kinds of conclusions about, say, pigeons from these machines, <laughs> because these machines are like, what would not be scared looking at that thing? It's not. But the thing about that study, right, is it's not about whether they're... Right, right. It's about how do they respond uh, to it's it. It's about yes. what, how do they respond yes. to fears. So whether they think like it's a falcon chasing us or this is a demon from the depths of pigeon which, hell. Which they certainly do think us. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Making a terrifying noise. We got to get out of here. Um, no, I, I think that that's why for that study, like I, I actually think that's this is a, acceptable. It's a relatively strong okay. study. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's looking, you know, at sort of this uh, the behavior of the birds. Like and it's kind of like, you know, they're comparing it to like non-frightened flocking right. behavior, which that's and that's always, fine. And you know. and look again, yeah. I'm not a pigeon scientist. Uh, that's not my area of expertise. But I still <laughs> feel like what the kind of fear that the pigeons are experiencing or type seems like it might have bearing on how they respond. Or maybe I'm entirely it wrong. Could yes, you know. That's a, I think that's a that is a fair critique of the study because like it could be that this is such a novel situation they for don't them give a about that things, if it right. was an actual yes. right like if it's an actual falcon they might have like 
a specific response, but given that this is a completely unknown thing, like maybe their behavior is different because this is like, I have never heard or seen this before and we are just yes. doing something yes. to get away from it. Cause they, cause like there is, it is true that for a lot of animals, like they develop different strategies for, um, uh, predator evasion depending on the predator. Right. So like animals will have like spe specific alarm calls for say like a flying predator or a ground predator or, or a snake or something. And um, so it's possible that their evasion strategies differ depending on the predator. And there could be some effect of like, this is a robot and that is eliciting a specific response. But even if this is like specific to robot fear, it's still interesting that they have this, uh, that they don't seem to like be basically the equivalent of shoving someone aside as you try to escape. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, I, I far be it for me to speak to the mind of pigeons, but these things are horrifying. Yeah, these things are horrifying. Uh, also, I don't know why every robot that walks on the on the land looks like an animal that's head's been cut off. That's like a thing. Because it doesn't need I a head. Know. It doesn't need I know, a head. I know, but it just enhances the feeling that we that you get as a human of like that thing is is uh is unnatural. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. uh, I don't know. You're I think you're looking at that like DARPA yes, robot I am. Yes. dog. Yes, I'm looking thing. at the robot dog. I mean, I don't I feel like because they've sometimes pitched it in terms of like these like security se uh security situations and stuff. I think part of the like appeal of it is it's a little bit upsetting. 100%. Yeah. Right? Like, no doubt. One of these things like like shows up at your door and starts blaring its sirens at you like I'm I just like immediately fall yeah. over <laughs> out of terror. <laughs> it hurts me to wherever it wants me to go. I'm just like, "All right, right. sure. The door right. you got it. Yeah, I'll open it." Yeah, like if a human officer like comes, right? And it's like, I need to search uh your car. I'm like, what you got probable cause, sir? No, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm a I'm, I'm let's a see your weird. warrant. But still I'm more I'm more likely to be like, hey, you know, let's see your warrant. But if one of these robot dogs comes up to me and is like, relinquish your car, I'm like, Okay, <laughs> yep, I'm done. Yeah, I'm you're done. not you're not That's the PI in that noir tale when that dog shows up. No. Uh, no, no, <laughs> you're no, not no, like, no. ah, what took you so long, Rogers? I've been waiting for you. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't have a head, and you move in a way that I do not yeah. like. So whatever you need yeah. to do. Yeah, Th those. I mean, I've enjoyed the the advent of robot dancing videos and stuff that have come out in the last few years. Uh, but like, those are menacing. I, well, that's the thing. They're always menacing because the robots are always designed in a way that removes us, like gives you that it puts the uncanny feeling front and center. I don't know why they insist on doing that. You know? Because I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I have never seen a real life robot that I would describe as not that way. Right. Especially like, um, the only time there's been a cute robot, in my opinion, like actually cute, adorable robot is Wally. Of course. In the right. Pixar movie. And toys. And that's because that robot. You know, just general, like <sighs> toy robots in general. They have, they have lots of cute ones. I guess, maybe. There, there's some some cute ones, but the, the most truly cute one is that one because that was animated by hand sure. by humans. Sure. Um, To make it cute and expressive. And so every time Wally makes an adorable expression, right, there was a human being making sure that that 
robot looked cute and expressive, right? right? right. So, you know. It's tough, man. Uh, yeah, you can't really get past the... There's a certain point where the robot has to kind of stand on its own as being uh, appealing, and it just really doesn't feel like it works uh, for that for that quality. I don't know how important that quality is if this thing's working behind the scenes. Like, for instance, if this dog, this robot dog that does the sheep herding doesn't have to be watched by human beings, like this becomes an automated task where human beings now can go do something else. That's that's kind of amazing, you know, because I like I you know I imagine the sheep aren't going to their sheep therapist or whatever about this thing, right? They're probably fine. So okay, uh, but if you have to sit there and watch it, nah, man, give me that dog any old day. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I I truly don't know what to think when it comes to these things. I think it's just like any tools, right? Like like we're talking about with AI. Like it it, it really entirely depends on the application. Um, I think that things like farming and our kind of clash with animal, human civilization and animals, there's a lot of things that are currently wrong with yeah, them. totally. So, like, if robots could help with that, right? Like, if robots somehow could make farming, like, more humane, I'd be all for it. Like, I've heard of these things that are these, like, automated milkers where sure. it's, like, cows will... There's just like a robot milker where a cow decides like, hey, my udders are feeling kind of not great. I'm going to go into this automated milker, get milked and then wander off. That's great because then you give the cow more autonomy. Uh, you know, you you have it, it makes dairy farming slightly less horrifying. So in that case, yeah, team robot. But if robots are used to like increase like the sort of inhumane conditions of animals right. and people, then I'm anti-robot. Or get anti -robot. maximum it milk, depends. right? Like, that's the kind of thing you're worried about, right. you know? We have found <laughs> if we smash the cows with a hammer, it increases milk production by 20.7%. Bring in Hammerbot. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, nah, 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 I don't want that. Insulting the cows makes the milk sweeter <laughs> and more rich in protein. Have an insulted insult cow latte. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Because the best milk comes from sad and depressed it's well known fact. It's industry secret. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I wonder if at some point when we're used to the idea that robots, we're going to encounter robots every day. You know what I mean? Because we're not there yet. But mm -hmm. like, I feel like in our lifetime we will be. Like, when we get mm -hmm. to that point, are there is there going to be a movement to make them feel more access, like accessible? Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I think uh, I think that we see this with sort of like all kind of product design. It's like really optimized to make us want to, you know, because like like robots are going to become kind of consumer sure, products at right. some point. And so there's going maybe the robot that like, again, is like, you know, hurting all the robotic cows and the robotic cows themselves, like they're all probably going to look like garbage, but like, you know, the robots that are, you know, basically there that are visible to humans and doing stuff, we're going to try to make them cute as hell so that so we can tolerate people, them. like aren't upset yeah. by them. Yeah. Like it's hard to get mad at a robot that took your job when it looks like Wally -E and it does a little like top hat yeah, dance. Yeah. And it's cap. really good at it. It's like, well, shucks. You know? <laughs> well, well, shucks. shucks. On that, uh, <laughs> on that note, do you want to play a little game? I love a game. Let's do it. Play the 
game gets to squawk in the mystery animal sound game every week i play a mystery animal sound and you the listener and you the guest try to guess who's making that sound it can be any animal in the world uh last week's mystery animal sound hint was this this monk is ignoring his vows of celibacy and is on the market for some pinky panky <laughs> What you what think about sound. that? This monk is violating his vow of celibacy and is down for some hanky panky. That exactly. is the mating call of a uh, a uh, I'm a, some kind of uh, Catholic named monkey. <laughs> that's that's that is, is that close. That is oh, close. Dang. It's close. But it's not a monkey. Uh, it is a capuchin bird. Ah. So uh, yes. So you got the you got the like. Well, actually, I don't know. Are capuchin monks Catholic? I, a capuchin not... is also the name of a monkey, is it not? It is. It is also the name yeah. of a monkey. But this one is the bird version That's of funny. that. Um, so c- congratulations to Lara W, uh, who said that she's heard one of these at the San Diego Zoo, which is a great zoo. Um, so capuchin birds have that name because they look like capuchin monks. It's actually the same reason oh, wow. that capuchin monkeys have wow. that name. It's a little like, it's like they look like they have a little brown robe. They have a bald yeah, head. Yeah, sure, they do. Uh, Adam, are you looking at I'm a super looking at right one. Now? They are incredible looking. Aren't they yeah. weird? They're, you know, it's interesting because as much as I adore vultures and buzzards uh, and like condors, they are kind of ugly because yeah, of that sure. bald head. And I got to admit it, but I love them. I love them still. These guys, even though they have a bald head, I would describe they're them as cute. They're super cute. Yeah. He's, they're really cute because there's something about, like, they've got, yes, they're bald, but they're smooth. And then they have this enormous fur yeah. coat. Yeah. It, like, gives yeah. me, it's like, it's like a little, it, it, it's the cuteness of, like, a little old man wearing an extremely fluffy yeah. winter coat where you just Big old Gore-Tex, them. you know. North Face uh, <laughs> winter coat. It, right. it does look like a small bird wrapped up so warm and cozy. It really does. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bird, bird yeah. burrito. Uh, they're adorable. And uh, why do you think it's making this call? It's got to be a mating call. I mean, birds are the best for mating calls. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. That you one was correct. funny, too. Yes. This is, this is a sexy dial-up. Uh, internet tone that uh, it is using to try to attract a mate. Um, they are found in the Amazon. Mm. Uh, so the Amazon, the best place in the world to find the weirdest, yeah, really? wackiest animals. Such a hot spot of culture of uh, animal diversity. Um, I gotta get I gotta get so, out there once in my life. You know, I gotta get out to the yeah the we, Amazon. I, honestly, you know, you gotta try. Yeah. You know, S- see what's out there. Give it a give, give it a sh- give, yeah, it, a give go. it a shot. Yeah, get, get, in there. get out there. Get in there. Get it. What are you doing? You're still doing. What are you still doing get here? Out get there, out there. Get, get out, out there, there right at Amazon. Check it out. Got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> On to uh, this week's mystery animal sound. The hint is this. Sure sounds fierce, but the most. God. Sure sounds fierce, but the most you have to fear from him is his chlamydia. <laughs> Uh, 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 uh,
what you think of. That's uh, pretty epic. Yeah, that those events were pretty epic. It seems to me. That was just my. That was my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's lunchtime for me. All this robot talk. Mm-hmm. It's dinner t- dinner time <laughs> for me. Hmm, that's great. Uh, you got any guesses? Oh, I'm so, am I supposed to guess? Okay, great. I okay, yeah, great, great, go great. for it. Uh, boy, that's that sounds like some kind like I'm gonna guess it's some kind of boar. Like a, it's the sex mm. sounds of some kind of boar. That sounds right to me too, but I actually know the answer. I'm not Damn gonna it. tell you until next to week. It. I gotta know. <laughs> you. You'll you'll have to find out on next week's yeah. episode of Creature Feature. If you think you know who is making that just wonderful, beautiful, sex, <laughs> sensual <laughs> sound, um, sensual sound, uh, write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can write to me also your questions, pictures of your pet, random bird you saw, a bug you found you thought was sure. cool, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, bugs are great. Adam, thank you so much for joining me today. This is always wonderful. a pleasure. Uh, where can people where can people find you and the content that you make with your own brain and not some yeah, kind of robot? Yeah, definitely not brain. AI content because uh, I don't know how to use it well enough yet. Uh, <laughs> you can find all the thousands of podcasts I do on uh, a Patreon called Small Beans. Patreon.com slash Small Beans. There, our podcast about video games one-upsmanship. Only on iHeart lives. Also, uh, some others that I do about movies. Um, I have a new movie podcast launched with Maggie Mae Fish, I think in April. I'm not sure exactly when, but it'll be on her YouTube channel called Lynchpins, about David Lynch. Ooh. Um, Ooh, it's nice. good. It's a video podcast, so that's kind of fun. And, uh... Isn't... Adam, isn't that just a... It's, yes, it is. But, you know, the advantage of it just being a video <laughs> podcast is you could have it on your YouTube at work and not look at me. You don't have to look at me, you know? Okay. Okay. Uh, so that's that's an advantage. All right. You'll see. Uh, so there's that. Video podcast. It's like, <laughs> it's it's like, like visual, visual radio. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> lastly, I have a feature film coming out uh, that I produced, a documentary about the seashelling industry called Sanibel. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe that will be coming out this year. Keep your eyes peeled for it. We're really proud of it. It's come a long, long way. It looks great. Um, we think we don't work trying to sell it, and we feel fairly confident that we will. So hopefully you'll see it this year. The seashelling is. Yes, of the island of Sanibel, um, which is in Florida and was entirely destroyed by Hurricane Ian, which is what the movie is about. Oh, my God. Oh, that's yeah. really interesting. Well, listen seashells they're just the clothes yeah, of animals yeah. and we love animals they're just grave clothes we? it's Don't just grave clothes that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> it's just the bones that animals wear yeah. on the outside it's, they're so show bones yeah, yeah. check check <laughs> check out all those things highly recommend i'm excited for this lunch visual <laughs> podcast <laughs> i like how you grabbed onto that i'm so happy <laughs> I, I, I like David Lynch yeah. though you know I like I like the stuff he does and but he's very That's weird so I'm, I'm yeah, curious yeah. about that I also I like I like you and I like yeah, Maggie yeah. Mae Fish so what's not what's not yeah. to like the point about of this? that podcast is if um, you've ever wanted to get into David Lynch this is a good entry point for you to like appreciate what he does that's the idea great that's fantastic 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you leave a rating or review, I am so grateful. I read all the reviews uh, and all the ratings. They truly do help. They make a difference. It tells the algorithm that this podcast is valuable. And, uh, you know, that's going to be important when everything is algorithms because it's all robots. It's robots talking to robots. Uh, and thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina Creature Feature, is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts like the one you just heard. Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or guess what? <gasps> Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I don't judge you. I'm not your mother. you got to live your life to the beat of your own drum. See you next Wednesday. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.